Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. to another edition of the SC Report. It is Wenon here, joined as per usual by GT. How are you going, my friend? Hey, origin fever in the air. Teams are named, super coach bye week, the one we always dread, but it's here. It's a good time of year. It's a wintry feel in Queensland. It's a brisk 25 degrees. It's tough life up here, but footy season, all the rage. Can't wait for origin next week. So we've got heaps to get through on the podcast uh, tonight. So we're going to start with Around the Grounds, then move on to the news. The Welders Dog Supercoach Unpopular Opinion of the Week uh, team. So we'll get to that a little bit later, but you would have noticed there was no teens podcast last night. We just thought with a condensed round um, and plenty of players from those teams to talk about, we're going to run that on, on tonight's one. So it'll be a little bit of a change in format. Rather than talking about the buys and sells, we're going to run through all the teams, and then for each team, we're going to talk about who we think are the most super coach relevant players for for round twelve, and then we're going to finish with our your fired player of the week, and of course the two minute drill. So all we can say is stick with us, guys. It's going to be a very long one, but it is one of the biggest rounds of the year as we head straight into the buy round. Um, and before we keep going. Please subscribe to the podcast on Google, iTunes, or any of the other uh, normal platforms and leave us some reviews and uh, stars. That would be fantastic. JT, give us a stake bet update. So we've announced the the last couple of weeks here. We've got a little rivalry going with the the blokes on the other podcast, the winners, the champs, the NRL Supercoach champions. So we've clawed our way back a little bit here. we had to face the might of the mighty guy, Big Bear, who, who smashed out a thirteen eighty three. I think he had Bronson Sherry in his side there, so he picked up the slack that old mate Wilfred left behind with an eleven fifty seven. That's that's ordinary from the catfish there. So they finished on twenty five six nine seven, and you and I had pretty decent weeks there. So I finished on a thirteen fifteen, and you weren't far behind. 1248. So we've clawed our difference back to, to 68 points. So it is bloody tight in this stake bet race. But in the Supercoach world, this is the big moving week right here. The Battlers versus the Champs. Mm. And we are given a, a good show for ourselves here. I'm backing us in. Just yeah. don't make any dumb trades, please. Around the grounds. So, JT, we've spoken about how we went last weekend. Uh, we don't probably don't need to cover that anymore. But how are you ranking at the moment? I'm slowly climbing back up that ladder, so I'm 3,500-odd. So hot on your heels there, mate. You are in uh, slipped back a little bit, 1780. How are you feeling? Yeah, I don't know. I'm holding position at the moment. 1780 is okay. Um, coming to the buy rounds, there's really not that much in and out of the you know the top 2,000, I would say. Young Legends, our, our league that we spruik on each podcast, now it's ranked third overall. So pretty pumped about that. And... Coming to the the Byrans, mate, we could be first after them with the um, majority of the the players in that definitely going for overall. And a very, very special special shout-out to one of our favourites, Banyo, um, who is currently 350th overall. So I think he won the competition two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, had a horrible year last year, um, but he's really bouncing back in um, more ways than Supercoach. So... Um, Massive shout-out to you, uh, Banyo, one of our favourites, mate. Keep going well. Just needs the eels to turn it around, but big chance this week. This is the news. Of course, the big headliner in the news this week is Origin JT. Any surprises there for you? 
No, nothing too major. There was no sort of surprise packet selections. I guess the one thing you could say is that DC is captain. Um, huge call. Bit of controversy in the, the Queensland Rugby League world. Um, the fact he's gone from basically being a pariah when he did that uh, backflip on the Titans to now captaining our great state. Uh, so that's really the only thing I saw there as, as being a bit contentious. But by and large, sides were as we'd expect. I don't think. I was sad to see Murray named, but he well deserved that spot. Yeah, I think the only surprises for me are, are just some selections for Queensland. So you've got Mumbai on the bench, uh, maybe over Milford. Uh, and then you've also got uh, the likes of all Chambers, who's been out of form for a couple of years now, just keeps retaining his spot. But he's probably there to man up on or to mark up on Latrell Mitchell. Um, Justin O'Neill would have been pretty close to being selected had he um, been fit for the for the round. And, you know, he's been one of the, the better players for the Cowboys this year. Yeah, he's really turned it around. He went from being able to score absolutely nothing to scoring basically a try a game before uh, that horrible injury last week. So he he was firming, I reckon, for, for a spot there. But uh, that's what Queensland do, though. They'll throw jerseys to guys that might be out of form but embody the spirit. And, and Will Chambers is a great defensive player. Uh, he'll be looking to bounce back from that grand final. Uh, I guess you could call embarrassment against Luttrell. Um, so that hot Queensland crowd next week uh, could be a thing that turns the game. And I think for New South Wales, majority of their players have really been picked on form. So no, too, too, not too many surprises there. Maybe Nick Kotrick getting selected uh, in the backs. Uh, you know, you've got Karen Murray making his debut, but he really, really deserved it. Angus Crichton getting there might have been a little bit of a surprise. But for me, the rest of the side, pretty, well, their side pretty much picked themselves. I mean, Cody Walker... Thoroughly deserved. Uh, Nathan Cleary, I think they just stick with him for the next 10 years. So, um, yeah, I, I think both sides, not too many surprises, maybe a couple, one or two. And we'll just see how it, what happens over the course of uh, the three games to see how that impacts State of Origin. The next thing, let's move on. So, uh, John Bateman. So, he looks like he could possibly be making an early return um, for the Raiders. So, the reports are today that he's going to see a specialist flying in from the UK um, he's obviously been over there rehabbing and, you know, he could be a surprise inclusion this week. So he's currently in the reserves. We should know by Friday. Um, that's massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. Um, so he was slated a couple of weeks away last I checked, uh, last week. So the fact that he's been able to recover as he's, as he's done means he's a huge point of interest for the coming weeks there. Maybe not this week with that break even. And in fact, we just don't know how he'll fit in if he does get there, but we know how good this bloke is, so um, hoping as a Hudson Young owner he can stay away just one more week, just rest that jaw up nice and easy, and then uh, they come back. But the Twitter stuff all seems to be firming up for him. Yeah, and uh, I guess news hot off the press today is that James Roberts has been released from the Broncos and um, on his way to South. So we don't know what the, the super coach impact of that is going to be, but you know he, he's probably going to be lining up for them in round 13. Yeah, but not round 12. I think that was... Yeah, so he can't play from this week, yeah. but um, from round 13, um, you know, he's gonna he's probably going to come straight into that side. So we'll, we'll see what happens to the... how they reshuffle that back line a little bit, but that could have some super coach impact. Hmm. You wouldn't be picking Roberts up, though. No, not, not at his current price. So it's time for the Welders, uh, Welders Dog Unpopular Supercoach Opinion of the Week. So this segment is proudly brought to you by the Welders Dog, a fantastic brewery from Armadale in country New South Wales. And we've been very fortunate to try several of their brews over the past couple of weeks. And tonight is a new one for JT. What are you trying? Mate, it's uh, wintertime in Queensland, as we mentioned. So it's getting rather chilly, rather in that mid-25s. And it's the time of year that you need a, a stout in you. Just, just clean, cleanse the body, a little, uh, little detox from the lagers there. Uh, it is warming me up tremendously. Nice earthy little flavor here. I'll throw it up on, on Twitter. I'll throw a little photo there, but beautiful beer for this cold uh, autumn night. Beautiful, and it's also um, warming up because it's six, over 6%. Yeah, that'll do. I'm not driving tonight. I get well, a little brisk over the bridge, yeah, as, just walk over the bridge. As so. we said, it could be very. It's going to be a long podcast, and could be interesting <laughs> one with uh, JT consuming six percent beers on the podcast. I am drinking at the moment a um, one of their wheat ales. Now I am driving, so I can't have that stout. Responsible. Um, so, what's your uh, unpopular welder's dog super coach unpopular opinion of the week? Well, it sort of came to me as I was mulling over some trades this week and, and who can I drop and how can I get in bodies for round 12. Um, so I'm looking at shuffling players down and binning guns and, and doing all these crazy moves. Um, 
and then I, it just came to me like, why do I need to be wasting trades? So my welder's dog unpopular opinion of the week is that if you don't have a pressing trade and the trade isn't good and you wouldn't make it any other week, don't make it this week. Uh, we have that huge super trade week coming up there. I think it's five trades you can make in the one round. I think it's round 15. And then you've also got round 16 pre the buy there. So that those are two huge trade weeks that I think you should be targeting. So that's all fair and well and good, but how many players do you have lining up for this week? I've got 12. So you've stage, got 12 before trade, trades? With one trade. With one trade, yeah. okay. So I think that makes sense, um, particularly if you have a look at uh, some of the players that are available this week. But for somebody like myself who's currently got 10 players, um, mm. injuries and, and origin selection kind of stuffed up my plans a little bit, I'll be making the full two trades. Save one last week, but making the full just for that. So uh, it completely depends on how you've set your side up for origin, but... Um, Definitely wouldn't be bringing in any mid-prices or anything like that. Either a gun that you think is potentially a keeper for the year um, or a, a cheapie who's going to raise in price. So there's maybe one or two of those guys this year that are very, very valid selections. But a lot of the trading options that we're seeing this week are those mid-range guys. The people are hoping come out with a big round 12. And one of them, as an example, is Ash Taylor. So I was looking at maybe selling a guy like Cameron Munster for him and just couldn't justify it. He might play this one good game in round 12, but he loses the goal kicking next week and, and all that. So it's a waste of a trade and someone someone that I could hold for the holds fire. So that was my one, Wenin. Uh, what have you got? What's your Welder's Dog unpopular opinion for round 12? Well, I, th- I don't know if this is that unpopular, but um, <clears throat> between you and I, it definitely is. Yeah. So to little, make, bring something up that we both definitely disagree on is, um, for me, the Joe Tappanin is a... Uh, Definitely not the worst trade-in target this week and uh, potentially even for, for next week, even though they've got the buy round coming up. Current break-even of 99, so could be priced as low as 350K next week. That's a massive $250,000 decrease on what his starting price was. I think he averaged 63 points per game in 14 games last season, and he did have 42 b- um, base points per game, which for an edge forward is really not that bad. So yes, I know there was a couple of 100-point games, but you just got to look at the value there. Started at around 590000 He's going to be available for 350000 That is just massive. And I don't think you can ignore that. Injuries, um, you know, prevent him from playing too many games this year. I think he's only played the four and he played 16 last year. Massive risk, but you're not playing to, paying top dollar for him. So if you're looking at one of those origin players you've got in your forwards that you can potentially trade trade out, you're looking to trade out, you know, you could make 200 or so grand by trading down to Tapney and just taking, just rolling with it, taking the risk. Or next week, you'd even look at somebody like a Sean Lane, who is probably not a keeper for your side, rather than moving him onto a gun. Because there's not too many that are playing round 16, like a Toe Harris or something like that. Or, you know, what rookies are coming through? You could move him down to effectively a mid-pricer and make a crap load of money when there's not too many other rookies coming through and take a risk. He's not going to be in your 17 every week. But it could be this week, and depending on how his form's going, you know you can you can slot him in there. Worst case scenario, you've made two hundred thousand dollars, and you've got a guy that you can just downgrade to enough after a while. Yep. So we we firmly disagreed on on basically all of that uh, coming into today when you shot me this one uh, over WhatsApp, but couldn't disagree more. So this is an injury prone, suspension prone uh, for that has shown absolutely nothing all year aside from injuries um, to warrant this. You're looking through rose coloured glasses at what he did last year, and if you look at last year, he got some ridiculous 140 point game. And another 120, he just crashed across the line a couple of times and blew his average way out over what it would normally be without those miracle tries. He also wasn't playing with John Bateman last year. So Bateman, when he has the ball, is basically a magnet for it. Uh, Tarpanay never had to contend with that. Uh, just another uh, little spanner you'll be throwing into the works there. And you, you're talking about all this like mid-range stuff. We just mentioned we're not targeting mid-rangers for this week because they're a waste. And that is exactly what Joe Tarpany is based on what he's shown so it's far. It's based on his price. Yep. Yep. But he's a, it was, he's a gun to start the season at 590000 He was a gun last year. So he's an underpriced gun. He's not a mid-pricer. No, you could get more value out of some of the five-star Simonsons that I, I quoted in my cheapy article today, mate. Well, they're bottom dollar, you, and they're going to play one week. You know what, JT? I, th- I think we have a stake bet here. Uh, well, I didn't stake bet you on Cardi. Okay. And that would have been profitable. So I'll, I'll stake bet you that he averages over 50 for the rest of the year. Don't talk me. It just averages over 50. Yep. From Ooh. from now? 55? Because 50 is rubbish. 50, you wouldn't be bringing 52 it. and a half. 
<laughs> All right, done deal. Shaking hands. All right, up. there we go. Steak bet just made. Uh, I've gone the yes over 52 and a half, and JT's on the no. Um, we'll see how we go. Matt, he's a lazy player. I, remember, I owned him last year, as you did. We you know, had a massive week those weeks he tunned up. Yep. But otherwise, he just doesn't like the ball. He's lazy. Okay, that's it for the uh, Welder's Dog Unpopular Super Coach Opinion of the Week. And now we're going to move on to the main part of the show and kind of what we, we said in the, the introduction was that generally this is kind of a, uh, we'd spend the time now doing the two-minute drill uh, and then yesterday obviously the teams came out, there's no podcast for that. So what we're going to do is step through each of the games, run through the ins and outs and then briefly speak about the, um, you know, the, the most relevant super coach players in the sites uh, and spend a bit of time there because the two trades you've got this week uh, are just that important. So let's start with the Panthers versus Eagles on a Thursday night. JT, so just talk me through the main ins that we've got there. The the Panthers have lost their two starting centers, right? Yeah, so Wonga Blake and Dean Varo both out with uh, reasonably long-term injuries, which is horrible news for Penrith, but it does open the door for uh, Brian Tuo. How did we confirm we say that? Did I well, I'm saying, that? I'm saying that it's Tuo. Tuo. Uh, BT. But there have been, I think I've listened to a couple of podcasts today. I've also watched Fox Sports, and I think all three have had completely different pronunciations of his name. So we will learn it, uh, and uh, apologies, but we'll get that right. All right. Tui's new. I'll refer to him as <laughs> not as good as the welder's dog. but uh, So, yeah, he's an interesting one there. So it looks like he's probably got a fair bit of security. Um, he's retained his starting position on the wing there. Um, and I've got him down, and so do you as the cheapie of the week. Yep. Um, so he had a great game last week. Without scoring a try, he cleared 50. So uh, he's got a break-even of about negative 20. So yep. he's a guy you just wouldn't look back from getting in if you've got someone to trade him out for. Um, yeah, like somebody maybe like an ox or something like that yep. that's just ready, ready to, to downgrade. Uh, I think that's just a no-brainer. And maybe you'll get onto some of the guns that are available in the center wing this week, but he looks like a... Um, and I know we said it about Herbert last week, and he came out and scored mid twenties, right? Um, but sprint. but just in terms of the the eye test last week with both him and Mansour, um, uh, clearly they were uh, brilliant, and just the amount of work they got through. That's exactly what Penrith needed, um, mm. and I think that his job security is there. He looks like a bull when he runs. They're going to keep feeding the ball a lot. Loves the work, it seems. All of his points have come from base so far. Over forty last week, and all of his twenty were twenty-four were from base the week before. So for all the reasons that you all said, plus there's a heap of injuries there. DWZ, I believe, has asked for a release. Yep. Um, so his job security looks pretty good. Um, and you know the Panthers go on a bit of a roll. So no surprise to me that he's one of the more popular trade-in targets for the week. Yep, absolutely. So he's actually joined in the centre wing by uh, debutant Brent Naden. He's not actually in the game at the moment. So no, he's not. Tommy Sangster needs to come back from holiday. He's on holiday. Uh, no one's doing it. Uh, but he's there, so he'll be bottom dollar. But again, he, he's yeah probably less uh, secure than, than Brian is, so wouldn't be looking at Naden there. Um, Isaiah Yo comes back in as well, as does James Maloney, who comes back from suspension. So interesting one there. So read a bit about him. Uh, we, did, we did about his last year when Nathan Clear is out, and he actually went um, quite strongly a couple I of owned, times. Yeah, I owned him over, over that That was period. a great call. I do remember that call. That's well a, done. I don't often uh, give you credit. It was also coincided with Nick saying that he's absolutely not going to buy him. Well, well. That, yeah, it wouldn't work this year, but last year that mm. was the, the golden rule. Yes. But, uh, yeah, interesting play for this week. Um, obviously, Cleary will be there from every week apart from uh, this one, you'd suspect. But, yeah. you know, that random head-to-head sort of play. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't be a bad shout this week, old Jimmy Maloney. Yeah, I'm still not sold. No, so, well, goal kicks this week and then like pretty more relevant afterwards, I would imagine. Yep. But if you know you're playing your daily fantasy sports or something, is a pretty good option this yep. week. Uh, okay, so the the real talking points for me um, outside of uh, outside of two is new is is uh, is what about their forward? So you got Kakao and you've also got Fisher Harris as well. It's two. Um, well, Fisher Harris is popular at the moment, and Kakao is kind of very popular in terms of you know the guys that have played Supercoach for a long time. Um, was had a fan, fantastic season, so since he's basically come into the NRL, I mean, if I'm looking at it, I have absolutely zero interest in Kakao. He's priced, I know, very cheaply at four hundred and seventy thousand, but in five of the eight games where he has not scored a try this year, he's managed to surpass fifty just once. And for me, that's just not enough. I think that he's carrying an injury. Injury. Mm. 
He hasn't looked interested. I mean, if you, that game that we went to in Magic Round... He was gone. Yeah, and he just wasn't getting involved and just yeah. waiting. And they want him to get involved. They want to get him to get the ball. So he might come good, but I I just don't want to take the risk on him mm. um, this week. Uh, I think that the... And I'll let you... Sorry, I'll let you, what are your thoughts about Kikin? I agree. Um, he's, he's a very frustrating player to own, but he's also rewarding at the same time because he'll, he'll crash over for that that huge try to, to bump him up to a 70 or 80. But when he doesn't get it, he goes so low. And and now he just doesn't look like he's in the form uh, that he has been. And he's a ve- he'd be a very risky option to go with. You'd need to have seen something in the last couple of weeks that we haven't. Um, anyone who's got him, I mean, it's what you have him there for. He's that round 12 option against the depleted line. But I agree. I, I wouldn't be touching him. Far too risky. On the other hand, um, James Fisher-Harris, who's lining up again at lock, um, I mean, I think he's one of the top trading targets for this week. He looked fantastic last week, and as a non-owner, I was completely death riding him. Mm. Um, he was his base was fantastic, and I think he already cleared his. He was over a point per minute um, when he went off, unfortunately, with a HIA in the fifty-first minute. Didn't come back on. You know, he looked like he was set for a seventy-plus game, just basically in base. Um, and he's he's in the. Uh, in the seven games this year that he's played at, at in the lock position, he's averaged over sixty-five, which is uh, you know that's definitely keeper territory. He looks like a pretty good selection this week. The only thing that I'm concerned about is the concussion. Um, JT, have you heard anything there about whether he's likely to play or you know it could be laid out? I mean, everything that I've heard is just like he's going to line up. No, I mean it looked nasty and it was horrible to see him go off early, but um, haven't heard anything. I expect he'll play. Um, good thing is he's the Thursday game, so if you are looking at trading him in, you get that free look there. You'll know team list before the round starts. So, yep. Um, but yeah, agree. He's just a machine out on the field there. Um, he showed this last year and he's just kept it up um, this year. So last year he sort of started off really well and was getting these eighty-minute games. Everyone bought into it, and then he got. Uh, back to 40 to 50 odd minutes but he's been getting huge minutes when he's uh, when he's at that starting lock yep. that's what he's named at this week um, if you've got him already great stuff uh, if you don't and you're, you're wanting a guy around that 500k mark who you can keep around after this week and can even play at a pinch here's your guy so then looking at the Sea Eagles, um, there's only two outs there this week with Travojevic obviously um, uh, starting a lock for New South Wales. You've got Corey Waddell that comes straight in to that position for the Sea Eagles. And then you've got Brad Parker who's out. And he's been replaced at centre by Ruben Garrick. And then you've got Abbas Miski uh, who has been named on the wing. So they're the, they're the, the main changes. In terms of uh, the Supercoach relevant, I mean, I don't think we can go past um, one player at the moment, which is Dylan Walker. Um, I think he's sitting currently as the third most traded in player right now. Uh, for me, it's a no. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were carrying someone in your halves, so maybe like a Dylan Brown or even like a um, CHT or something like that that you had to get rid of, I can see the kind of merit. Um, but for me, with a, the centre wing, I'd probably rather take a punt on a, a, a 2 Yep. Or um, upgrade to have a to look at somebody like a, a to a Mao or, or Gutherson or something like that. Yeah, I agree. I'd be going the the cheaper option there. Um, I mean, I guess the flexibility that he's got at that five eight center wing duel is what to, is enticing people. Yep. And the fact he started his uh, twenty nineteen with a couple of fifties there. But if you look at his first game, he, he got that try off a kick, a pretty lucky one there. And then last week, uh, he put Ruben Garrick away um, for an intercept try assist weird odd thing so a couple of stat attacking stats there to bump his score up without him it's pretty ordinary and again we said last week i was pretty critical of him as a buy then and i haven't really changed opinion there i mean it's not like he's, he's the worst buy in the world um but yeah i mean he's a body for round 12 and then you're very very uh reluctant to play him there on and you're sort of banking on these 50s to keep coming to make any sort of reasonable cash so yeah, i so don't like it i think if he, if he averages 55 over the the next few weeks through to round 16 probably about 100k price rise which is borderline um for me um you know there's every chance he could spike and get a try and get an 80 or something within that so never know but yeah i, I can understand people jumping at him and i think the reasons are because they're holding on to the likes of dylan brown and stuff like that mm. um but for me I'm, i just can't it doesn't fit my team structure uh, the two props, the big boys for Manly, both of those I think are outstanding options this week for anyone that doesn't own them. I don't own Fenua Blake, and um, I will be bringing most likely either he or Fisher Harris um, into my side this weekend. Um, I already own to Power, and thankfully he's been producing the goods over the past couple of weeks. 
So he's got a five-round average of 68 after a pretty disappointing month or so before that. He should play big minutes this week um, like he did last year. I think he actually scored 90 uh, over the one of the buy rounds last weekend. So um, he's a good option. And then Fanua Blake has just been fantastic. So he's scored in 60 in all but two of his games this year with an injury in the 24th minute, um, I think, in round eight where he produced just 30 points. So, um, yes, there's injuries concerning. There's also the suspension. But... For me, with Fenua Blake, is that he's going to be your 16th or your 17th man. Mm. So if he gets injured for a week or suspended for a week, you're going to have somebody to cover to stand. Whether it's a Tolman for me or somebody like that, if he's playing, he's just a he's a he's an absolute gun. And last week, I think was a bit of an, an abbreviation for for what he's done so far. I think he, he produced what 55 points, 51 of those from straight base. Um, he's been a lot better than that so far this season. So. Um, I can definitely see the merit in bringing either of those players in. Yeah, and I think last week may have scared a few people off there. So he, it was all the talk coming in there um, back from his suspension, but um, sorry, the 111 he got the week before coming back from suspension. So fair few trade-ins last week, but didn't quite get going. Um, had a couple of runs there where he looked uh, strong and was busting tackles and, and you thought he'd go large, but the Titans contained him quite well in the 50-odd minutes that he had there. But agree, he's... Um, Shown this year when he's on the park there, he's, he's a pretty unstoppable kind of beast there. And um, I reckon a, a lot would have gone cold on him if they haven't already gotten him in. Um, but his price hasn't climbed a great deal since last week. Um, he's still got a fair bit to make. This is the week you go him or you don't. So agree, like he's, he's one of those guys you can handily stick in as a reserve based on what he's shown then. Very similar to a, a Marty Tapao. Yep. Is there anyone else there from the, the Sea Eagles that strikes your interest before we have just a little bit of a break? No, I don't think so. A few people talking about Cade Cust, uh, the cheapy halfback that you've got there. But with DCE coming back, even though it's his third game this week and the kid's been quite good in first grade, um, I don't see him as a buy there. It's not someone you want to tie up in a position like half. Yeah. Aside from that, no one else from there. Okay. Well, we might just have a little bit of a break there and be back in a second to come straight on to the Eels first. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the Rabbitohs. Now, I think this is probably, for me, one of the more interesting games of the week um, from a Supercoach perspective because the Eels just have a ton of players um, that are options and, and quite a few are risky um, you'll get to them very soon. But what about the changes for the years? A shocking loss to the Panthers last week. And Brad Arthur has just wielded the axe. And he's sacked a couple of players, including Tim Manor. Uh, you've got Brad Takarain, Daniel Avara, and George Jennings. So they've all been dropped to the reserves. Michael Jennings returns uh, to right center. While Josh Hoffman moves uh, to the other center. And Blake Ferguson drops back to the, being, uh, back, back to the wing. Uh, after a shocking performance oh, last week. That was ugly. That was an ugly game. That was just about as shocking as uh, my speech this then. So <laughs> um, apologies for that. And then Kane Evans. I didn't didn't actually realize this guy was still running around in first grade. He's been promoted to starting side and he's uh, coming straight out of prop. And then Manu Mao uh, shifts from lock to back row. Um, and then Maroa is back from concussion and he does replace Mao at lock. Hmm. That's an interesting one there, because obviously Mo's all the talk because he's playing lock and he's through that middle and he has got that crazy base stat game. But 
I don't know. I reckon I don't own him and I don't plan on it, but I reckon that shift to second row might just uh, dent his hopes a little bit. He may move into the middle mid-game, but for anyone expecting sort of a big... Well, Lane's, Lane's been the one moving in there, yep. and that's and if you have a look at his base stats hitting over 50 in the past couple of weeks, it's mm. been because of Lane's been shifting into the middle, and you know hopefully that continues. Yeah. I think maybe part of that last week was Mo going off for that HIA uh, shifted lane in there, but yeah, Man, he's, he's been fielding. That was the biggest fraud of the system. <laughs> well, while we're on um, Big Manu, um, should we maybe just just talk about him because he's a pretty popular option this week. Um, available centre wing, um, looking like he's going to play big minutes in the back row. Uh, he's basically at his best price now. Um, had that big break even in the past couple of weeks. So he's at a very, very attractive price. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going uh, with him. I just don't see the value with him not at, not being at lock there. Um, and, get, and given the price, like I, I couldn't see anyone I could justify dropping for him. Um, he's someone you'll, you'd probably you'd play in your center wing week to week leading up, but he's going to be a, you're going to want to trade him out before that uh, 15 or 16, I reckon. So I don't know. I don't want to waste the trade on him this week. Uh, I can't begrudge anyone else that has. Um, but yeah, again, I just see a little bit of his upside depleting a bit with that move to second row. Look, he's been pretty pretty impressive uh, since shifting to lock. I think he's he's cracked sixty the past two weeks. Shifting to the edge this weekend um, could play the full eighty minutes, but um, it just seems like Arthur loves Lane out on the field as well. So we don't really know what's going to happen there. Um, you know, you'd you'd think that one, that both of them won't play eighty, but but who knows? Um, I had a look at the rough stats and just saw that you know sixty three points per game last year in fourteen games on the edge. It's just like, that's fantastic, and that's exactly what you want for a center wing. However, I'm going to give credit right now to Billy, uh, who's written, uh, commented on my article from yesterday, and he's just uh, pulled up some absolute gold, which I'll share with you guys right now. And I'll read it word for word. So Mao did average 63 last year, but although he's listed at edge, seven of those games were rotated through the middle when Brown was out. So that results in higher base, and he also added three tries. If he's playing full 80 on the edge... Only the last four years' data say he's produced 56 average of sorts, but I'm praying he keeps up with the, with that middle rotation to inflame him a bit. It was a good buy last week, but I think there's more risk this week, even though he's getting 10 more minutes and hopefully no more HIA. So I think Billy makes some fantastic points there. And and after I did read that, that's that's uh, make me reconsider one of the trades I was looking at this week, which is maybe trading Lomax to Mount. Hmm. Yeah, I remember speaking to you today. You were quite keen on getting rid of Lomax. You had enough of him. Um, he's n- not doing too much there, and you're all set on Ma'u. But um, well, that's yeah. that's changed a little bit after I had a deeper look into what Lomax did last last week, which is over forty base points at fullback, which is um, a lot more than what he's produced in any other time. So I'm hoping that you know he's got that shift to fullback. The base is there. The attacking stats are going to come. And the goal kicking when Corey Norman comes back and Jai Field leaves the team. So, yeah, the interesting play for Lomax. And that's exactly what I was meaning with my Welder's Dog opinion of the week. So it's it's that call you've got to make there. Is it actually worth getting rid of some of these guys? Or are you overlooking the upside that they have? Like a Lomax there who'll be a body for you in round 16 just for the sake of getting a body in this week. Yep. You've obviously got Nathan Brown that's likely to return in round 13 or 14. Who knows what's going to happen there? You'd expect yep. that Brown will play through the middle. Yep. Um, but then you, you can't. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe Mao and, and also Brown and sorry and Lane do play the full eighty minutes. But we're just not sure. So let's talk about their backs because there's two really really interesting options there. We're not going to speak about Sivo mm-hmm. because um, if you've got him, fantastic. But I can't see anyone bringing him in at that five hundred and seventy odd thousand a year with that break even. Clint Gutherson and Blake Ferguson both very very attractive for for their own reasons this week. Um, extremely cheap, um, shocking run of form and score over the past three weeks. Um, but if you just look back at what they did over the the uh, you know the opening seven weeks of the season, Ferguson averaged sixty points per game and Gutherson averaged um, seventy points per game. Both players were an absolute fire. Can they replicate that, or do you think, like I did last week in my unpopular super coach opinion of the week, that um, you know they're not going to to match that form again for the rest of the season? They've obviously had some ordinary weeks the last couple of weeks and none more so than uh, after I ch- uh, went the full mozza on, on Clint Gutherson last week, on last week's pod and then he came out and did that. Um, so 
we always like this game super coach hindsight is 2020 and and these are the calls that you sometimes wish you made and that's overlooking the the past and just looking for the future and i think this is the game where the eels can snap out of this slump can find the mojo that they had uh before coming in and on this horrible run they've been on and this is the week they can turn around rabbitos are depleted if these guys, if this back line is ever going to score big, this is the round. Um, Gutho can't be happy with how he played. Fergo played, as we said, in a horrible game. Horrible game. And he is worth a look in at an un- centre. In, in an unfamiliar position as well. Yeah, well, he's played centre before, but he was talking himself up pre-game about how good he was there. And he, he just came out and couldn't hold the ball. He just dropped a New South Wales jumper. Yeah, <laughs> he, he certainly did among uh, any, uh, maybe some off-field stuff there, but... Yeah, I reckon this is the week. If you're going to make a pod play, it's bringing one of these guys in if you don't have them. Yeah, I mean, out of the two, I'd be I'd be picking Gutho just on his form this season. Uh, obviously, Ferguson was fantastic last year, but playing in a much better side. Um, Gutherson was was brilliant over there and had um, massive FOMO, not mm-hmm. owning him for the first um, you know seven to eight weeks of the year. Uh, I think that was one of the the main reasons why um, you know Nick was so high up in the rankings as well. Only Gutherson, that was a shot that he take, took, so it was fantastic. I'm going to pass on both, mm. um, and I, but I wouldn't be surprised to see one of these guys absolutely blow up this weekend. Yeah, enjoy the death ride, mate. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough little uh, Friday night for you, but. Yeah, I can see this week being the one that repays my faith in Gutho from all all those weeks ago. Let's move on to the Eels. So there's, sorry, move on to the Rabbitohs. There's a huge amount of changes for the Bunnies. Um, they've got four of their stars set for Origin duties on Wednesday. Um, but my, and thankfully, after months and months and months of having enough, which I've never ever done before, <laughs> my boy Billy Britton has been named to cover. Uh, Cook at, at Hooker, and uh, hopefully he plays big minutes this week. Yeah, finally. Finally gets a start. That's exactly what you guys had hoped for, holding uh, Bieberit for that long. So, well done. It, it finally Bieber. paid off. That's a, that's a big risk to take enough from the very start in the hope that he plays round 12. But better it's paid than, off. Better than picking Hodson. Yeah, that, that didn't work out quite as well, but got rid of him. Uh, but yeah, great call. Billy Britton, he should play 80 or close to this yeah, week. Yeah, so. there's, there's some people and um, a couple of comments in the team's analysis this week um, that did say that Bailey Siren could, um, um, could take some time off him. So we don't know, but 50 minutes or so, hopefully he's going to be 40 base and mm. produces that. It's better than nothing. Um, you've got Connor Tracy. Uh, he's another 168,000 player. He's a definitely kind of enough option as well. Um, he'll cover Cody Walker in the halves. Um, Duhay is back after a... Duhi. Dewey. Dewey. Yeah, uh, for that. fuck's sake, I've lost it, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm the one drinking the stouts. You're on the, the light one. Anyway. So, he, so he, re- he returns from injury uh, in time to replace Gagai uh, in the uh, centres. And then, pretty surprising for me, I thought that Sergis would um, come into lock as cover for Cameron Murray, but um, Totola has uh, moved in there, big body, uh, a guy that, you know, that, that could cause some havoc in the middle for a longer period of time. Um, anyone that's held fat with him, uh, great work there. Very disappointing with Burgess. So there's not, for me, there's not really too much to speak about from, from Souths this week. They've got a couple of nuts, nuffs. They've also got um, Hirodi, who will play his third game, but I personally think that's a massive trap. So anyone out there that's looking to bring him in, I wouldn't be, particularly with the, the news of the signing of James Roberts. You've got Alex Johnston that's going to be back as well. So I can see him dropping out of the side in a couple of weeks. So for me, he's definitely a stay away as a cheapie. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that's basically it. Sam Burgess is probably the main one to talk to. I was thinking he was going to be a captain option, but... Still playing on the edge. He's been of horrible form this week. What do you think, JT? Yeah, I agree. Last week he was ordinary. He's just either giving up penalties or, or dropping the ball. So he needs to to take this team by the scruff of the neck this week and do something. But a shame it's not at lock. Um, the only other one I would mention is Adam Reynolds. Um, uh, looked gone for all money last week, but has stuck around. He, the injury wasn't, wasn't as bad as first thought. So he'll be there this week. And if you're looking at him um, as that option there, but uh, again, one of those guys that looks great because he's playing this round, but I uh, wouldn't bank on his uh, prior form leading to anything worthwhile in the future. So the next game of the round is the Bulldogs versus the Raiders. So 
Um, Dean Pay hasn't made too many changes, which is probably not that surprising given what his selection policy has been mm, um, this year. Uh, Dylan Upper is the only name that's out. Um, he's going to be playing for Queensland. You've got Ogden, who has replaced him. And you've got RFM, who's been promoted to the bench. Reese Martin, however, still remains out of the starting side. So anyone that owns Reese Martin, you've just got to trade him. Um, that's a no-brainer. We, we did say that last week. I mean, for me... Uh, Outside of Aiden Tolman, there's probably no one that really interests me from a, a Supercoach perspective this week. No, not at all. Uh, we got Tolpod last week. You got him in as well. I got well. him. Yeah. Tolpod. Good call. Good call. Um, yeah, exactly. He's a safe 60-plus this week. Outside of that, uh, Slim Pickens at Joe's Dogs. Who? Let's just bring up the stake bet just quickly. Cowboys versus Bulldogs, you and Joe had in the preseason. How's that looking? Mate, I'm swimming in stakes this year. The mighty, mighty Cowboys. <laughs> Upsetting the Raiders and uh, earning you, hopefully, a stake. So... Just secretly, I'll, I'll announce this now. Um, I was going to withhold this, but um, mm. um, I'm paying Dean Payton stakes. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you, you talk about bloody swimming in stakes. You have had a horrible run with these bets so far. So good to see you. Mate, I've already had... Wilfred's already paid one up, so that's handy. Okay, so Tolman, we don't need to speak about him anymore. As consistent as they come, five-round average of 66. I think he's a fantastic option for the rest of the season. Corey Hariah-Naira... Um, I don't know. I, I'm not interested at all. No, not as a buy. Um, he's, I reckon he's picked where he is. If you've got him, good. If you don't, don't bother. Over 15% ownership, 140, 141 points score in round seven. If you strip that out of his last five games, he's just got a, an average of 50. Um, he's, he's getting Dean paid. He is. He's losing minutes. And he's close to 600K. So for me, he's not an option. If you do already own him, you bought him or whatever you did, fantastic. But um, you know, he's, he's not an option at that price. I was to say this week and gone, gone next week. CHN. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm. Potent- I think so. But he's not getting eighty. Well, if if Bateman comes back, um, mm. you know, he's that that price. You can basically just do a straight swap from from CHN to Bateman. So for me, I think that's a pretty good deal. Yep, do it. Okay, so then let's look at the Raiders. So they've made a heap of changes this week, as they uh, they lost to the mighty North Queensland Cowboys last mm. week. JT, did you see that coming? Mate, I was one of, I think, 5% that tipped him. So, of course I did. See the Cowboys winning every week. We just get robbed. So, they've got three forced outs this uh, week due to origin. However, um, one of the probably... <laughs> it's funny how this, this season's just been horrific for Josh Hodgson and his owners. Um, you would have been holding him just to cover the round yeah. and oh. has been injured. So, what an absolute shocker. So... Um, he's going to ne- miss the next month through injury. And uh, one of the rookie, great rookies from last year, Havili, uh, uh, so he, um, you know, he's, 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 he's an option. Mm. I'm actually uh, using that one trade this week on him. Really? So, yeah, uh, we'll uh, so get, who, get who to you, my boy. Who, uh, do, you, who, do, you own, who do you currently own at Hooker? We'll get to that in my uh, You're Fired section of the week. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Havili, I started with him last year. Yep. Just gets the job done out there. So he'll probably share the minutes there. Uh, with the rookie that they've got on the bench Tom there. Starling. Tom Starling, who will play his first game, a hooker coming up from the Mounties. But, you know, if he gets 50-odd points out at that uh, 250-ish K price, um, that's all you need. And he's a guy that you can then turn into a bit of a gun with that dual flexibility yep. closer to around 15-16. I don't mind the move at all, um, particularly that he looks like he's going to be the starting hooker at least until around 16, and then you can move him on to a Cameron Smith or something like that. Makes perfect sense. Obviously, his, tr- his um, score last week was inflated due to, due to a try, but I think you can bank on about basically about an average of forty five or so over the next few um, few weeks, and you know that's gonna that should see a, a little bit of a price rise there. You've got Corey Horsburgh that moves into the starting side and prop to cover for for Papali. Um, Aiden Caesar returns to five eight for Jack Wyden. And then Sebastian Chris, I think he's playing his second game of NRL, will replace uh, Nick Kotrick, who is origin-bound in the centres. And then my boy, <laughs> Joseph Tappany, comes into the starting site on the edge, and this sees Ryan Sutton drop back to the bench. Mm. So one name we haven't talked about here, because yeah. he's in the reserves, and we did speak about him briefly in the news, but John Bateman. Yeah, he's number 21 there, so he'll be uh, all the rage over the coming weeks if he comes back. But too much of a question mark, I think, this week, unless you're you know, planning some miracle. I think you'll know by Friday. Yeah, you'll know by Friday. I think that was the specialist appointment date or whatever it was. So and they will... Look, just looking at this pack, 
they'll they'll rush him to the side if he's ready. Yeah, and that's it. And as soon as he's there, based on what we've seen, and the fact he's not coming back from a muscle injury or anything like that, it's the jaw. Um, you can't see him regressing in his timeout. So he's dead. And the interesting one with him, um, break even of almost 100, I think. Mm. Um, if you don't bring him in this week, then you've got the round 16 buy cam up coming up. So then you've got 13, 14, 15. Do you bring him in in 13 or do you wait for 17? I think given where his price is um, and how he's playing, it's not like you're going to miss out on or have to go way more expensive down the line if you look in post round 16. So it's a, it's a points thing, though. It is a points thing, but surely the guys that you've got there now are enough to cover you through um, the rest of that. Maybe. I mean, period. some people are going to be like me and having to play the likes of a Sherry or, or a, a Lomax in the starting side. Um, hmm. Particularly you, playing Sherry last week have been awful. I'm glad I didn't do that. Yeah, that was not a good decision by me to play Herbert. <laughs> I didn't tell you to do that one, did I? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. Jared Croker, so he had a really, really disappointing um, week last around last week and was just 17, and this followed on from a 33 the week before. He's available at 477k, mate. That Anyone's kind of language, that is an absolute steal given he's been a keeper in the past. Um, against the Bulldogs this weekend, I mean... I think you've just got to ignore what's happened. The the, tr- the troops are returning with Bateman and a few others that are going to come back into the side. Um, you know, he's going to get have... I, I don't know. If you look at their upcoming draw, Bulldogs, Tigers, Sharks, and Eels before the bye. I just think that he's great value. I'm not going to bring him in, but if anyone's looking at him right now, or anyone that has, like, I just think he's a, he's a good option. He's not being spoken about at all, but I think he's a good option. Yeah, he's same boat as your um, Gutho, yep. Fergus we talked about before. You just got to ignore uh, those last couple of weeks. That's what. That's the reason this price is so low. Um, I called him a boring pick last week, and I stand by that. Um, he'll he'll get the job done. Um, but as you can, as you except see for there, the last just, two weeks. Well, even then, like it's it's when he doesn't score tries, he, that's what he gets. Yep. Now, the Raiders are an attacking side. They're in a bit of a slump there. You expect him to bounce back given that draw. Um, again, not the worst option. So, uh, sorry to put you on the spot here, and understand if you might not have an answer. Um, but what do you think the impact is if you've got like a, a Tapani coming into the side this week and then potentially a Bateman? So you've got the back row of Tapani and Whitehead. I think Whitehead would shift to the other edge, maybe. And then you've got Bateman there. Um, you know, how does that impact Croker? Well, you need to look at what he was doing earlier in the year and he wasn't setting the world on fire when they had that structure going there. Yep. Um, I think. Bateman, as that ball magnet in the middle, sort of attracts a lot of the attention there. And I don't know how that then shuffles out to, to Croker. But I was thinking when uh, Leipana went down with their injuries that all of a sudden Canberra would just shift all of their attack out to the more proven edge of, uh, of Croker there. But they haven't. Um, well, this so, week they got the effectively the rookie playing on the other se- in the other centres, right? Yeah, well, that's it. But they've also had Kotrick um, in that centre position, which he's unfamiliar with and they were shifting the ball more to his side last week so I don't know it's a I don't see shuffling around the the forwards doing too much for for Croker there but he's never been a guy that runs the ball um, a, a lot during a game he relies on that one or two big attacking plays and the goal kicking so I think it'd be rude of us to uh, ignore Elliot Whitehead as well we haven't really spoken about him too much he was one of your favorites from last season he's been super impressive of late um, but it, you know with that has come a a lot of attacking stats. However, 50 base points per game over the past, I think, two weeks, or the past four games. Um, you know, three of the past four weeks, he's had over 50 base stats. So that actually took me by surprise when I had a look at that today. But who's been out? John Bateman. Yep. John Bateman comes back in and he just tackles like a machine. And Whitehead can stand out there catching a cold like he, he does most of the time. So a bit of a mirage looking at those stats there for my boy, Elliot. And then my boy... We're talking about boys. So many boys. We've got yeah, too many. Joseph Tappany, the only thing I'll say is 63 points per game, 16 games last year. He's available this weekend for under four under 400k, which is about a hundred and ninety thousand dollar discount on your starting price. So that's all I'm gonna say. Let's move on to your biggest game of the week mm. and nobody else's. Hey, hey, hey. It's just the Titans, baby. <laughs> the Titans versus the Cowboys. So no changes for the Titans. Um well, you know, they, they surprised everybody last week. Mm. These are two undefeated teams we're talking about here, mate. The, this could be the grand final uh, matchup 
in a few months' time, and I'm going to get to see it live and in the flesh. This is this 6% stout talking <laughs> right now. <laughs> I have opened the second one, but no, uh, Titans, great win last week, and they've been building to it. They're, they've been a bit unlucky the last couple of weeks. They got shot down by the dogs there, but turned it around in a big way, uh, led around by old mate Tyrone Robbins. But a couple of interesting ones there, so... Um, Ash Taylor, um, he sits in at half there. Couple means two, so we got three. <laughs> Ash Taylor goes in. You mean a few? At half there, a few. Hmm. Plays half there. He'll kick the goals again this week uh, with Michael Gordon still a, a week or two away. Um, he, he's one interesting play there. I've seen floated around. Uh, a couple of people I know have gotten on him early. He's he's had a reasonable bit of a run, but aside from that, yep. uh, can't see much there. Jared Wallace has been in pretty good form of late. Uh, last couple of weeks has scored a 78 and a 71. Uh, a huge base return during those games. Owned by about 1.3%, so nobody's looking at him. Um, would you say thing, it's a solid pot option, right? Yeah, but the only thing I'm wondering, I would be worried about is the fact that he is could be a call-up for Origin at any, any time with that Maroons pack. Or that he's just cracked the shits now because he's obviously performed that well over the past couple of weeks because he's... You know, trying to get into that origin side after a pretty average first, um, you know, month or so. Uh, but the stats are there. Can't back it up. He's playing um, with a very experienced front row partner this week. He's going to be carrying the load, playing big minutes. Um, I, I can see that him, you know, that he he's not the worst option in the world. If if anyone looks for, wanted to look for a little bit different in the in the front row, but when you've got options like Fanua Blake. Uh, to Powell, it's hard to overlook those kind of guys, or a JFH, yep. overlook those kind of guys for a Wallace. Um, but if you have those other three um, mentioned guys, then Jared Wallace is just he's, he's producing fantastic stats over the past couple of weeks. So, mm. I mean, outside of a miracle pod play, I reckon if you're looking at a guy like Jared Wallace, just ignore it. Go for someone better in, in round 16. And then you got uh, Foroeka, who... Uh, who Produced the goods. I think he had a breakout game last week with 60 points in 57 minutes, mostly all in, in base. However, he's priced very, very awkwardly now at 375k. So is he someone that you would look at? Is he kind of that mid-pricer that you're going to avoid? Again, yeah, mid-pricer I'd avoid. Uh, I was looking looking at him the last couple of months, and he just hasn't shown what he did last year. He was a beast last year, and, and his points per minute were huge. This year, it's just sort it's of regressed. Just about regressed. a minute, what, like one per minute, right? Yeah, and I mean, 57 minutes was his max for the year, and uh, he hit that 60, but again, he's just not showing enough for, for, to bring him in. The next guy, I think, is depends what side of the fence you're sitting on. Yep. Um, for me, it's definitely a no. However, there's been some stats put in front of me today that you know it's making an argument for him. But um, at four hundred and sixty-four thousand, I just could not bring in Dale Copley. Besides, besides the point that he scored one hundred and two and an eighty-three over the past two weeks, break even and negative twenty. Um, if his name wasn't Dale Copley. And if you had a look at the stats that he's produced this year so far, um, I reckon you'd be seriously looking at him as a as a trading option. Same price as a Gutherson and a Ferguson. Um, looking at those guys as well. Yes, they've got the pedigree, but you know, Copley is is producing fantastic stuff over the past couple of weeks. I'm not going to do it. Would you do it? No. Look at the tries he scored last week. He was just gifted them out on the edge there, and that's what uh, pushed his his score up so high. And that's just sort of what he does. So he's he's nowhere. You can't compare him to the likes of Gutho and Ferger, who are proven attacking players. But Copley's kind of like that. You know how you'll never want to name your kid after some you know horrible school bully or something like that you had back in the day. This guy, every time I see his name, I'm forever reminded of my mate Benny G, who captained this bloke in a game against the Cowboys. So Benny G's a Cowboys fan too, so I don't know what the hell he was doing. And he probably, he got stretched off with a negative three. So my mate is Captain Dale Copley for that score. Every time I think what about it, What was he it, doing, Captain Dale Copley? <laughs> it's three years later. I still don't know. I thought you were going somewhere with... You just don't want to na- name your son Dale. And I was like, yeah, well, neither do I after seeing the castle no, because it'd be always like, Dale's dug a hole. <laughs> He's not the ideas man of the family. Okay, so the moment you've been waiting for, the only reason that you're on the podcast tonight, JT, um, let's run through and please talk to me about your boys. 
Mate, where do I start? So if we go back, it's October 4, 2015. So we're not talking about the grand final? No, so if I, this is not a televised podcast, but I've actually just done the old, uh, you know, <laughs> cutting Cut off of the neck uh, thing. So JT, please focus. You've got a couple of minutes. All right. So fortunately for the Cowboys, they haven't actually been hit that hard uh, by the origin bar. <coughs> so <It's a> shit. <laughs> please. So uh, Michael Morgan goes into centres for the Queensland side, which opens up a spot for Jake Clifford. In the halves, who's, who's been a bit of an outcast uh, this season. So for whatever reason, Paul Green doesn't seem to like him there, but he gets his chance this week to, to steer the side around. And we also lose uh, Josh Maguire. So uh, Jason Taumalolo, I think that just gives him more opportunities to run the ball. Uh, he is an absolute freak. Huge captaincy option this week. Lock um, it in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cohen Hess is back from injury as well. He'll slot in uh, to that second row spot there, but... Outside of that, there's not much in the way of super coach relevance. Well, um, some people would have been um, counting on Mitchell Dunn being uh, an option, maybe having some foresight they might have brought him in uh, like a week or two ago. Hmm. He's unfortunately been shifted from the back row to centre. Well, he actually performed probably worse at back row last week in terms of super coach output. Yep. So for whatever reason, he was probably instructed to work a bit on his defensive game, and that's sort of all he did. He, he just tackled, but... He's got a huge attacking pedigree being an X5-8. Uh, he's been basically uh, given a vote of confidence here by getting that starting centre spot. So if you look at the reserves, all they're really missing is, is Jarvid Bowen with that Jarvid Bowen in the extended reserves there. So Juzzy O'Neill looks to be out long term and Mitchell Dunn's been given the, the starting spot there. Only thing that holds him back a little bit is his price. So he's, he's around the 260k mark and he's unproven in this position. But he's one of those Hail Mary sort of plays. So he's a guy that's probably going to make a bit of money post round 12, which is important. And also he's playing the Titans this week in the Mighty Cowboys. So could be due a few attacking stats. So there's two players that I want to get um, your takes on uh, that I I like the look of. Um, One fits my what I need to trade in, the other one doesn't. Jordan McLean, um, you know, he's been so consistent this year and has been, you know, one of the real shining lights for the Cowboys, I think. He's got a season average of 58 and a five-round average of 59. Um, I think he's quite similar to a Tolman. You know, he's going to produce very, very consistent stats, but he's 50K cheaper. Um, if you don't quite have the ta- cash for a Tolman um, or if you own a Fenua Blake or a, one of those guys, would you look at McLean as a bit of a pot option? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to say. I haven't looked at him at all, basically. You know, he's, he's been churning out these these solid stats, but he's peaked. Like, you can't look at this guy and see, I don't see upside in it. Um, I don't see, like a Tolman, I don't see him getting a huge deal of, of extra minutes this week. So he's been doing a job and, and he'll continue to do that. But for the sake of getting him in for a round 12 and then, and then hanging around, I don't think you can. Um, I haven't seen enough. Yeah, as I said, he's peaked. So in all likelihood, he he probably drops back in minutes. Um, It's a long season for him. He'll be gutted as well that he didn't get picked for origin. He was around there. So I can't can't back him in at that price. And the next guy is Jake Granville. So a lot of people are looking for a replacement hooker this weekend. Um, Not that kind of replacement hooker, but Mm. um, you're looking for someone that's going to cover maybe a Damien Cook or you need to trade a Josh Hodgson too. Um, Produced back-to-back scores of 60 that included a base of over 50, 45 and minutes per game over 65. What's happened in the last couple of weeks? It's really made him produce super coach, fantastic super coach output. He's finally running the ball. That's yep. what he did in 2015, and that's what he's gone away from the last few years, whether it was being pushed out to 80 minutes or something. But he's sharing the role with Baptiste. They seem to have that balance struck quite well now. He's set up a couple of our wins. He's playing that well. Um, but again, he's getting those attacking stats that I don't think he can maintain. He's not a Damien Cook. He's an awkward price. I don't see it. You've got Billy Britton there for, you know, bargain basement. Or Havili. Or, or, or even Sione Katoa. I can't believe I'm saying that. Joe Fitz's his boy. But How's uh, Wade Eaton going? Yeah, we'll get to that. We will get to that. Okay. All right, so that's it for all the teams. They're all our analysis of the, the relevant buy players that we think. So um, we'll now f- stop right there and move on to the next segment. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. All right, so the newest segments as we brought onto the show last week uh, is your fire. The player that we're looking to get out of our side, to drop, relegate, whatever. The one that's really, you were trying to rage trade. Um, inspired by Nick, he was fired in the off-season. Don't forget to get 
uh, into us via written audio, whatever you would like is your best Donald Trump in, Donald Trump impersonation. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at, at, at NRL Supercoach Talk, Facebook at, by the same name, or, or email at NRL Supercoach Talk at hotmail.com. Uh, and the best and most creative Trump impersonations wins a great welder's dog uh, gift pack. So still running the comp. We'll announce it next week. Okay, so let's get on with the segment. JT, who are you firing this week? Yeah, you've been waiting for it. Hey, You've been waiting for it. It hasn't worked out. The guy that I'm firing this week was my original round 12 hooking option, Wade Egan. Wadey boy, you got injured at the wrong time. You, you broke my heart. Uh, you'll probably come back in round 13 and smash out 80 minutes or something ridiculous. Um, but... For the sake of my side this week, you're fired and Saliva Havili are coming in. So it was a in hindsight, as we said, it's 2020. It was a bad call. I picked him up when he was 200k. He's made me 60k. Look on the bright side. But unfortunately, what basically wasted a trade. So Wade Egan, you're gone from the baskets. Well, I can't match that. I thought that was fantastic. And you know, when I look at my side, I'm kind of struggling to find someone that I'm actually that annoy with but there is one name that's sticking out to me after a pathetic um, score of 25 Patrick Herbert um, you're fired from the starting side and you're never coming back um, JT I blame you completely for this you just said you're never coming back so not into the starting plays, 17 so when he plays the round seven, round 16 by not coming back I'll hold you to that but we got a stake bet on that mate think think rationally but Paddy Herbert the Warriors just need to give that bloke the bloody ball he's, he's run probably about five times in the last month playing against the mighty Broncos mate he never stood a chance oh geez, that was an absolute dog of a game but you know he'll be back so it's that time of the week again where we run through the two minute drill so rather than um, a whole heap of the main talking points we're going to smash this out quite quickly because we've changed the the tact of the, the podcast this week to focus on the round 12 trading options. This week's two-minute drill is going to be on the origin players you've currently got in your side and which ones you should be trading this week or not, um, given they're going to miss the next two games out of uh, for between here and round 16. So starting with you, JT, Jake Travojevic, is he a sell or no? Yeah, I'll, just to be, to be weird, uh, I don't know. He, if you look at him, he's he's at that 600k price mark. Um, he's he's been so solid, so good all year, but he hasn't been crazy good. And if you're going to look at someone there in your forward pack who who maybe hasn't performed or won't go some ridiculous score over the Origin period, this is probably your guy. So he he saw 80 minutes through the Origin period last year. He wasn't rested, but he's a guy that you could shuffle around, shift out for a month or so, and. You'd basically need someone who's coming in and averaging about 55 to make it worth it. And I think there are some options there. So I'm also leaning that way towards a yes. I know in the team's analysis yesterday, I said no. But having a closer look at it today, I've changed my mind a little bit. So his output is down on last year. But a large part of that is due to his, his attacking statistics falling away. And his, because his base has actually been up. Um, he's someone that you can probably pick up after Origin if he demands it. But from the output he's been putting out this year, he... And with so much talent and depth in that position, he's not a must-own. Um, so at that price, I think you can move him on. He's going to be doing a heap of work starting lock for New South Wales. Um, yeah, so for me, I'm actually looking to move him on this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you'll lose too much sleep, but disagree. I reckon he is someone you want to own for the run home. I think he's just so solid with what he does. He's but he, a lock every you're week. probably going to be able to get him at the same price. Yeah, exactly. and, you know, exactly. by round twenty, if you're sitting well on trades and you've got someone you can move out of your side by, it's a luxury trade. Bring him in. I think it's fine. Cameron Munster, you're an owner. Yep, I am. And I was looking at ways to get rid of him this week. He's got a massive break even. It's about 100 and, 140 odds. Yep. He's, four of his last six games have been under 50 points. That's just not good enough for a guy that's priced so highly and, and could drop at any moment now. Um, he's, he's, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's not an option for me this week, which is why I'm not selling him. Plenty of options week, over the coming weeks. Exactly. So. And next week I'm looking at a guy like RTS who I can shuffle around there with um, some jewels. So Cameron Munster is definitely on the chopping block there. I don't think you'd look back. I reckon you get a, he's going to drop back down in price by the time that round 18 hits. You yep. don't have to worry about him being rested and you can pick him up again. Yeah, so for me, if I owned him, I would definitely be trading him out. I can see him getting rested. Um, Papanusen's, you know, they, they want to get him into play. Munster might get rested or, or reduced minutes. And just that massive break even, just get rid of him. And 
I don't think he's a must-have as well. So he's a fantastic pod, um, but there's just so many great uh, other halves and fullbacks that you want on your side. Speaking of great halves and fullbacks, Kalen Ponga and James Tedesco, short one for me. No way I'm selling either of those guys. Yeah, I agree. I can't sell either of them. Uh, so James Tedesco actually got rested after Game 3 last year, so he sat out a time. Arrested or rested? Rested. You're slurring after all that stout. <laughs> He was rested in round 18, uh, and I actually took the opportunity to sell him uh, halfway through Origin last year, and that backfired in such a massive way. So we all know how he cleared, he closed the year out. He was insane. Yep. Uh, form, fullback of the comp. Just just don't get rid of him. You're going to want to bring him back basically straight after Origin anyway. And Pong has scored under, under 80 once since moving to fullback. So for me, no way that I'm trading him out. Nope. Cameron Murray. I don't think so. No, I reckon he's he's got such good value there. His his form so far this year, he's been getting attacking stats basically every week. And I know a lot of the it's death riders say it is. A lot of the death riders say that won't keep happening, but it does. And he's off the bench as well in Origin, so his work work rate isn't that great. Yep. I had a look back at Josh Maguire last year. Uh, so Wayne Bennett didn't actually rest him after Origin, and he gave him similar minutes through that period as well. So anyone hoping that Cameron Murray gets a bit of a break or a rest mid game, uh, I don't. I think you're going to get it and i think if you own hold yeah i mean i was previously thinking about he'd be a one of my trade outs this week but then going back over his stats for the year he scored over 60 in 90 percent of his matches if you look at gerbo for example i think that's just around about the high 60s so that's why for me i'm going well i want murray murray's been so consistent he's just playing that well this year yep. yes he's not playing 80 minutes but he's getting the attacking stats and he's probably like arguably the best player for, for south along with cody walker um, so for me, he, he looks like a rolled gold second row forward keeper this year. So I'll be holding on to him. Latrell Mitchell, again, easy for me. Yes. Break even 150, sell. Yep. And it, it was another one that was rested last year outside of Origin. So you can sort of expect that again this year. Um, he, his price is in free fall as well. A couple of dud games, get rid of him. And the key thing is we'll carry out too for an extended period of time. That means that Mitchell might play consecutive games in the halves. Yeah, exactly. And we all saw how that ended for the Roosters last week. So anyone that owns, unfortunate, but he's got to go. All right, JT. So let's close the podcast out. We're smashed over the minute mark. We set the hour mark. We've said it was going to be a long one and has been a long one. We need to go and eat dinner and get home. Um, what are your trades for this week? So I'm just making the one. Uh, so that's my boy Wade Egan out for Havili. It's a bit sideways, but anyway, I need to do it for this round. Get me up to the 12 playing bodies. So that's all I need. I think that's what most people are going with. So happy with that. Save a trade. Yep. So I'll probably be downgrading the Ox to uh, Brian uh, uh To his new. To his new. And then I, um, at the moment, I haven't completely um, settled on it, but probably moving on. Um, Jake Trevojevic to uh, one of uh, Fenua Blake or Fisher Harris. Yep, no, good call. Uh, it's a very, very exciting week anyway. Hope to close it out uh, with a big win on the Goldie on Sunday. Go the chaos. All right, well, it's been a massive one. Um, this, is the, this is the start of moving week, so the best of luck. And I hope you, um, you, know, you all see a few green arrows on Monday. Uh, and JT, thank you again. Yeehaw. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.